0: This is the Prayer Culture Podcast, where we talk about building prayer into the lives of Bible-centric churches and individuals. I'm your host, Michael Green. I have a background in missions to the Islamic world, as well as being the founding member of Purimor, a ministry that is dedicated to developing a deep culture of prayer within local churches and communities. This is the Prayer Culture Podcast. As a reminder, the Prayer Culture Podcast is a ministry of two or more, which is a crowdfunded ministry. So if you enjoy this content, please check out our website and giving page listed in the description. Also, when you have a second, hit the like and subscribe button. Hey, everybody. Thanks for coming back to the podcast. So I've got a special treat today. We have Denny on here. Denny Dillon actually does a ministry in Hazy Hollow Magnolia.
1: Tell us what you do at Hazy Hollow. real quick. Well, I founded the ministry about 10 years ago. And uh, basically, we, my wife and I resigned our ministry at a church that we planted, and we just felt called to shepherd this community. And so basically, we're just here to serve what God wants to do to transform the people and the land of this community. That's awesome. So, yeah, we're having a great time.
0: Yeah, it's a great ministry. It's really a poverty-stricken community, and um, right. so it's just really cool to see God's bringing people and... yeah. Doing his thing. So we pray for more increase in that for sure. Amen. Well, Denny has a lot of experience in prayer meetings and, you know, getting pastors together, just doing different things to really see prayer be key to what we do in ministry because he knows the value of that. And so uh, I'm sure he's had a, a little bit of experience in this area, but today we want to just talk about having an orderly prayer meeting, like when everybody comes together to pray and not being chaotic, but also not quenching the spirit in the process of trying to keep order, uh, which as humans, we tend to do one or the other very extremely instead of. <laughs> sure. <laughs> so, my first question, Denny
1: do you believe a prayer meeting can get a little too crazy? I certainly think so. It's possible. I think the foundation for having a prayer meeting that is not erring on the crazy side and not erring on the quenching side is just really relationship. It's developing a trust with the people that you're praying with. And it may may depend on whether or not it's a prayer meeting involving just your local congregation or it's a prayer for the city involving the church in the city. Then you're going to have people from other tribes— other denominations. And so it's a lot more crucial that you are in unity about what takes place in that time of prayer. Not that you want to squelch the move of the Spirit, but at the same time you want to honor and prefer one another above yourselves, realizing that there are going to be people who don't, they don't dot every I the same or cross every T the same doctrinally, theologically. And so... um, yeah, so I think you do have to, to guard that. It's certainly possible uh, for things to get a little crazy, and it can cause some uh, disunity uh, for those that are really uh, tend to avoid anything of uh, charismatic persuasion. Uh, so, yeah, I think it can. I think it can get maybe crazier than it should. Sure. Now have you like experienced
0: that? You got kind of like a example of like maybe some things where it's come
1: a little Yeah, I, in fact, what comes to my mind is uh, an experience several years ago. I was uh, spiritually journeying with about five congregations for our community and I remember one night, thankfully it was toward the close of the prayer time, <laughs> so a lot of the people had slipped out. But I was sitting on the front row with a couple of colleagues, one on each side, and I heard a sound coming from the back. And it was, it was, it was kind of weird because it was like an oscillating sound. It would get loud and then soft, loud and soft, loud and soft. And, and as it got closer to me, I realized someone was speaking a tongue, so It was a language I didn't uh, understand. And this gentleman was doing somersaults down that aisle while he was speaking in tongues it was it was quite an amazing feat wow (laughs) but he was rolling uh, head over heels down the aisle and when he got to the front he rolled lengthwise sideways and across one side and then all the way across to the other the entire time speaking in tongues after that happened, it was funny, a couple of the charismatic pastors that were sitting beside me looked at me, and they said, Denny, is is that your guy? And I laughed. And I said, no, I think he's one of yours. And we <laughs> laughed about that. But, you know, his, his pastor actually had left early, and he wasn't there. And when he heard about that, he profusely apologized to us the next morning. We met together just to pray over that, you know? And he... Uh, he talked to the gentleman and just said, you know, we, we need to honor and prefer others above ourselves. And so as we do worship, let's think about those that are with us, other members of the body that might be from a different tribe. And God used that to really bring even closer unity among our group. And so it turned out to be really great, but it could have caused some issues with some of the folk that were, were there. But it wow. didn't thank God for that.
0: That's so good. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask you a little bit of off-the-cuff question because this kind of comes up now to my mind is this. Do you have a way of determining lines where it's like, okay, maybe a line's really been crossed here? Or is it just kind of like, how does that work for you?
1: <laughs> well, again, it goes back to relationship and trust, unity. It's something that, that I think we, we would just come together and talk about you know, hey, what about this? How do you feel about that? Is it just me? Anybody else have a concern? And so it's, it's really um, the group as a whole being willing to submit to one another. And uh, again, willing to honor and prefer others above ourselves. And just um, be cognizant of the fact that uh, not everybody is as free in their expression of worship as, as others And so, again, it's just a matter of submitting to one another and talking through it, you know. I think in days past, the temptation may have been just to get mad and pull our people out of this thing and we just lose it all. And uh, unfortunately, it hurts the people that pull out uh, as well as those that are still there uh, to pray for the city or, or whatever they sense, you know, the need is. That is so good. I love that just
0: talking to people, you know, and saying, "Hey, let's talk about this. Where are we at
1: with this?" That's great. That's what you do in a family, right? <laughs> sure. Sure, absolutely. Your family.
0: Yeah, and how is it edifying people? I mean, like just just so we kind of like totally get the context here because you mentioned this being something that's beneficial for everybody and and our brothers and sisters from this spot and that spot, you know, coming together. I mean, that's just a very scriptural thing. You know, really this talk comes off of first Corinthians, uh, 14. So like in verse 26, it says, what then brothers, when you come together, each one has a hymn, a lesson, a revelation, a tongue or interpretation, let all things be done for building up. Okay. So that's like that foundational piece. Yeah. Let everything be done to help everybody come close to jesus and then at the end of that section verse 33 for god is not a
1: god of confusion but of peace amen right yeah and i, I like uh, in there uh verse 32 uh says and the spirits of prophets are subject to prophets and so it's conveying the the truth that there is a willingness to submit to one another It's a willingness to be governed by your brothers and be um, admonished if need be. You know, again, it's that that idea of submission. So the context of that is he's talking to the prophets. And just to kind of summarize it, he's saying, now, everybody's going to get a turn here, but let's just do two or three at a time. And the rest of you can... In a sense, evaluate what is being said. You weigh it to see, is this correct? And so there's this submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ. And uh, that's so crucial. And Paul obviously felt that was important. Sure, absolutely. In terms of lines
0: that get crossed, maybe possibly even within a local body. So, you know, let's say you're in a local body. And I, I know the thing is like with the gifts of the Spirit. They're mysterious. And the Bible has a lo- lot of examples, but it, it, the Spirit also works differently at different times. Like it doesn't always work exactly the same way. Sure. And so we use the Bible for the framework. But what about when you get into the realm where it's like, I don't know, I've heard of things where it's like people are barking like animals or people, you know, doing things like that where it's, I mean, my upbringing would dictate that's just crazy. (laughs) Maybe it's just my upbringing, but I don't see the edifying factor in things like people acting like animals or something, for instance. So, I mean, maybe you can give me some insight there.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. um, Well, I'm probably from a little bit. I grew up in in a tribe that was uh, maybe came from the same persuasion you did like that, that was that would have really been crazy but again I think I think it gets back to a willingness to be involved together in that decision now if it's a, a single congregation then maybe the staff or key leaders elders uh, those that oversee the prayer ministry can get together and just on the fly you know you Tell somebody, hey, come over here for just a second, and and you bounce it off of two or three people. How are you feeling about this? You know, and uh, I've done that a number of times, and I think those people, like those who have a, a sense of freedom, and they enter into something like that, or they want to share a word or a tongue or whatever. I think it's important that they are willing to submit to leadership, maybe bounce that off of them hey I just feel like I have a, a word about such and such uh, are you good with that or can I share that you know and so they're honoring those in leadership and sometimes you might just say, well go and talk to brother so- and so ask him about that and, and uh, if he's good about that I am too you know but just um, a willingness to come together and discern together because I think there's value in doing that together. it's a, again it's a submitting to one another. Now, sometimes people aren't going to ask; they're not going to, you know, and they just start doing something. And I think, um, I think it's it's important to uh, respect everybody that's involved. And so, I'm not ever going to rebuke someone who feels as though they're obeying God and God's speaking through them, or. Um, the Holy Spirit is moving through them. I'm going to respect them. I'm going to honor them because I think most of the time they're going to be sincere. And so I'm not going to embarrass them, but I I may move up to them, put a hand on their shoulder. I have done that before. I've just laid my hand gently on someone that I felt like maybe was out of bounds and immediately they stopped without me saying or doing anything else. But I always try to discern if I feel like I need assistance in that. I'll ask a brother near me and weigh that with them. And it seems to always work out in a positive way. Wow. I
0: love that. I mean, to me that just really, it's just like, that's so humble to go. Okay. Even laying down your own prejudices and going, okay, let me ask a brother or a sister that's by, and let's talk about it and pray into it. And, you know, help this person along the path and not just go, Oh, I know this <laughs> and you're doing it wrong. So stop, yeah. or you're just crazy. Yeah. So stop, you know, being crazy. I love that, you know, or what the typical passive aggressive, which is I'm going to go tell somebody else that person's crazy. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. they're crazy. Look what They're doing, <laughs> you know, which causes all kinds of strife in the church and stuff. And yeah, Oh, I love that. That's so wonderful. So yeah let's do the flip side now. So on the flip side, why do you think in the more like Bible-centric space where there's less things, spirit-filled quotes going on, Right. why do you think there's this just instinct to
1: play it safe in a quenching the spirit kind of way? Well, obviously you can err on both sides. You can err by the way that we just talked about, or you can err in such a way that you're just playing it too safe and you're afraid you're going to offend somebody. And, and so you just squelch what the Spirit is trying to do. I'm not sure why that is. I think it's just, again, it's a matter of upbringing. It's a matter of the tribe you grew up with and what you've experienced you know, throughout your Christian walk. But again, I think, it, I, I think you have to go back to that honoring and preferring one another and trust those around you. That they're going to be sensitive to that, and it may stretch you as an individual because hey, you, you didn't you weren't used to that, you didn't grow up that way. but again, those people are there because they love the body of Jesus and they they love unity and they want to see God move mm. and and so if I'm going to trust them, then I've got to be willing to uh, submit to them and realize, hey, this may make me feel a little bit uncomfortable, but that's all right. Maybe I need to be stretched in this way. Mm. And so, again, it, it, it gets back. I think it all comes back to relationship, but the surrender to all that God purposes in the body, uh, whether it's just a single congregation or it's many congregations coming together, you value unity. Because you know that attracts the presence of God. I mean, you know, the Lord just loves to show up where people are are united and they come together and love each other and honor and prefer one another above themselves. Wow. And that just invites the presence of Jesus. (sighs) Man. Wow. That was, uh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> that's like all we need right there. That's so awesome. Wow. Well, it's, you know, it's a surrender. It's a not only a surrender to the Holy Spirit, but again, a surrender to one another and that freedom allows God to really move. That's hard. And yeah, yeah. that's hard. That's hard because we're taught by experience
0: and some cultural context to, to trust nobody. Mm, um, yeah. and to tribalize around people, in Christian circles it's tribalizing around people who believe exactly the same way i do in every respect right which is not helped by you know like media outlets and social media things that are just like really sectioning little pieces off of the body of christ yeah i love how you're talking about just like the whole body of christ and having some trust that somebody is sincere and trying to know god better and um they just need some encouragement and some guidance just like you do in a lot of areas. And exactly.
1: So. And and that that comes as you spend time with others that maybe don't believe exactly the way you do. So yeah, comes with developing that trust and that commitment to unity.
0: Have you had like an
1: experience in quenching specifically where you've
0: seen a prayer meeting or attempt to do prayer and there was just a lot of quenching going on. It's just like, it's pretty clear. We're, we're trying not to, we're not going to really let anything
1: unexpected happen. You know, it's funny. I don't know that I have been a part of something like that. In fact, nothing comes to my memory, but I've always been a kingdom person. You know, my denomination was not central the kingdom of God is central. And so that's what I'm about, and that's what I value. And and so I've never been so careful to maybe foresee an eventual problem or something that might, you know, cause an issue with some of the folk uh, in my tribe. And I, I try to teach those principles, you know, of just to uh, honoring and preferring one another of unity and the value of unity in God's sight. And uh, so I had a lot of that, but I I will tell you this and I'm not going to name my tribe. So don't ask me. Oh yeah. No names. But the revival that took place in the early 1900s, the Azusa street revival, Mm
0: -hmm.
1: my tribe started off with that movement and our leadership pulled out because of the quote unquote wildfire and hindsight is always better than foresight. That was a move of God. And, uh, my particular tribe, I think missed out on that. So I always think about that. (laughs) I always think about that. You know, if, if, uh, I'm involved in, in a prayer movement that may challenge me, may stretch me. And so I'm very careful to try to bring correction that could end up quenching the Spirit. Because I think it all just, you know, the Spirit, if there's wrongdoing, I think the Spirit's going to expose that to the right people and bring correction. Yeah. Um, you know, and it'll all just it'll all wash out in the end, it'll all separate out in the end the way the way God wants it. But I think, you know, it's a little bit like the Asbury revival that just took place. I mean, don't go on the web and listen to what people think about it because you'll really be discouraged. Because so many just <laughs> spoke against that movement, suggesting that well that, that wasn't even close to real revival, but yeah got to be careful. Man, we got to do an episode on revival now because now I
0: want (laughs) to talk about about revivals. (laughs) Oh man. So good. I have, I I have grown up in the other side of the aisle where it's like, you know, there's really not even an openness because we don't want to infringe upon the word of God at all. So the only way to safely do that is God doesn't really say anything new, to be honest. Yeah. <laughs> we may not say that, but to be honest, that's kind of how it works out. And, you know, nothing unexpected happens. And But it's really cool because with the ministry of two or more, I'm meeting with churches with people that, you know, have traditionally in the past kind of thought like that. And mm-hmm. God's like transforming people, getting them excited about meeting deeply with Jesus. And so it's really cool to see how God's like just changing that whole dynamic. Amen. Yeah. 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 It's so exciting. So you have a prayer meeting that you do right now. You and Mm -hmm. your wife do a prayer meeting at the Hopes and Dreams Center, and uh, I think you have it twice a month? Twice a month, yes. Twice a month. Second and fourth Thursdays of the month. And people gather from different churches and different uh, denominations and everything. And I've been before, and it really has blessed me when I've come. Like, it's just really, people are seeking the Lord. It doesn't seem extremely chaotic to me. It seems like people kind of understand how to get excited about connecting with Jesus, Mm -hmm. um, but not be super disruptive or anything. So how did the Lord kind of bring that prayer meeting about, and how do you feel like it's going?
1: Well, there's kind of an ebb and flow to it. Sometimes it's just going awesome and great guns, and then there's this season of uh, maybe regrouping. Um, maybe we're going through that right now. But, uh, it, yeah, there's there's a, an ebb and flow to it. But people that really love uh, this community and have met uh, some of the people who live in this community, they've seen some of those who really struggle with the issues of poverty, like addiction, addiction. Um, Sexual immorality and so many, so many things. They have a passion for the people. They see the brokenness, and so it's never been really difficult to try to rally people uh, when they do come here to pray. Uh, they know the need, and and they, man, they just begin to cry out to God, and and it's it's very uh, authentic, very sincere. And yeah, there'll be people here who uh, they're not ever apt to speak in tongues. There'll be people who pray in tongues. But those those who pray in tongues, they typically are soft. They're not, you know, kind of in your face. That It's nothing like that. And so even though there may be people from different walks uh, theologically, they they honor each other. And they're committed to crying out to God for a broken community. Plus, it really helps when you sense almost every time you come in this place, there's just a sense of God's closeness, a sense of His presence that's very tangible. And so there's, there is there is a a sense of purpose in, in our prayers that transcends what somebody might believe about how they pray or how they shouldn't pray. It's a little hard to describe. Uh, even in the the worship, uh, there's just a, a sense of unity, and I don't really have to, I don't have to give instructions. You know, there may be on occasion because I'm aware of something that's taking place in the community, and I might bring that to light. I do like to start occasionally by sharing uh, a praise report, a real answer to prayer. Last week. A young man walked off the street into a Bible study that we were having on a property right out under the trees. I mean, you know, it's a hundred degrees outside, but we're out there because we just took we just took the the study to the people. Come on, and everybody in the study is either an addict or an alcoholic, and this young man walked off the street, and God drew him there, and he just. He just said, I have messed up my life so much, and I messed up a lot of other people's lives, and I have got to change, or I'm going to die. And and that man found Christ. And so I shared that. You know, I just say, here's an answer to prayer. I just want you guys to know. Because we've prayed for that. We've yeah. prayed for that young man by name on occasion. Um and so, yeah, I, if there's any order to it, I might share something like that, a praise report or a need that I've been become aware of. But other than that, I just, the instruction is let's invite the Holy Spirit to pray through us because he's promised to, to pray with groanings uh, that words can't express. And he knows the need. And so let's just invite God's will to be done, We, you know, the prayer of Jesus, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth in hazy hollow as freely as your will is done in heaven. And the Holy Spirit just seems to take that over, you know? He comes when we invite him. <laughs> come on. That's yeah. it right there. And
0: we have the Holy Spirit, the indwelling Holy Spirit. Yes, come absolutely. Come on. Yes. <laughs> we need to act like we have the Holy Spirit in us, right? <laughs> right. Okay. One more surprise question. This one I like to ask our guests. Give me one, two, three favorite authors on prayer. Bible authors don't count. Oh, wow. <laughs>
1: uh, well, uh, I like some of the classics. Uh, Andrew Murray, E.M. Bounds, uh, Praying Hyde. Man, it's been like a couple of decades since <laughs> I've read some of these guys, so I uh, need to maybe revisit them. But, but those, those are some that really uh, had an impact on me. There was a book... Probably the author is known by now, but there was a book called The Kneeling Christian that was actually an anonymous author. I think for decades, nobody knew who wrote the book, and it was so powerful. Uh, the Kneeling Christian.
0: Well, Denny, thank you so much for coming on. And, My pleasure, uh, Michael. Good to I'm be- really excited because uh, we're going to have you on again on the next episode. Well, um,
1: um, So, yeah. Great. Looking forward to it. All right. Thank you.
0: As a reminder, the Prayer Culture Podcast is a ministry of two or more, which is a crowdfunded ministry. So if you enjoy this content, please check out our website and giving page listed in the description. Also, when you have a second, hit the like and subscribe button.